So um, let's start with um, the fact that this is a landmark case. This is a landmark case that's bound for the Supreme Court. Why do I say that? <clears throat> this is the first time in the history of our republic that a senior White House advisor, an alter ego of the president, has ever been charged with the alleged crime. That's the first time that this has ever happened. Now, at the same time, what's so remarkable about this case is that even as the Department of Justice was bringing this case, they had a policy for more than 50 years that says people like me, senior White House advisors, alter egos of the president, cannot be compelled, cannot be compelled to testify before Congress. Absolute. Yet they brought the case. This case is a landmark case because it's about the constitutional separation of powers. That goes back to the days of George Washington when the legislative branch... All right, we're going to cut away from Professor Navarro. I do not know how long uh, this might, uh, this might uh, go. Uh, obviously, he feels that this is a landmark case that will end up at the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm not quite sure that legal experts believe this is going to end up at the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, but let's, uh, let's find out. First of all, let me check in with uh, Evan Perez. Um, I think this is probably going to go to the U.S. Appeals Court, and then that's where it will end, correct? I, I suspect that this is not going to go too far. But look, I mean, the, the, he has the, the right to make this claim. Sure. and But, you know, part of his problem, according to prosecutors and according to the case here, is that he just kind of ignored the, the subpoena, ignored Congress. and Right, he didn't respond at all. Right, and then he tried to say that, the, you know, the, he tried to bring the former president, and he wanted the former president to come in and testify, and that got shut down by the judge. So in the end, he didn't really have much of a defense. And, and then that's partly what I think they're going to try to appeal, right? They're going to try to say that he didn't really have to make this assertion. Here's the thing. You know, in every one of the other the, the cases of, of the senior aides of the former president who had this assertion of, of executive privilege, you know, they brought their lawyers, they responded to Congress, said, this is why we're not showing up here. Fight this out with the with the former president and we will show up whenever you work that out. And so you saw members of the former president's, uh, you know, White House counsel's office. They all came in because they were. Uh, they negotiated, you know, a deal with Congress to to get access to the testimony that the committee rightfully had uh, a, a right to do. So that's part of Peter Navarro's problem is that, you know, he sort of tried to ignore this issue. Uh, and then that's, that's why the Congress, that's why the Justice Department ended up bringing this case. And then he wrote a book about it. And he wrote a book about a lot of the things that they wanted to know about. So. Right. Um, so it wasn't so sacrosanct after all. Uh, Jamie Gengel, I rudely interrupted you before because Peter Navarro was about to speak. You were telling me uh, and our, our, our beautiful viewers about what you were hearing from other members of the January 6th committee in addition to uh, our own uh, Adam Kinzinger, who I'm going right. to go to right after this. Uh, please step back. Tell us again. What is the reaction? They tried to get Navarro to testify, to provide documents. He refused. He has been found guilty today of contempt of Congress. So w what I've heard is they feel that he deserved to be found guilty 
today, and we got this statement from Tim Mulvey, who is the communications director for the January 6th committee, and he says, quote, his, meaning Navarro's defiance of the committee was brazen. Like the other witnesses who attempted to stonewall the committee, he thought he was above the law. He is not. That is a good thing for the rule of law. And then uh, Mulvey goes on to say, I imagine that those under indictment right now are getting a good reminder of that. So, you know, it, it's not just uh, that Navarro was convicted today, but it does send a message to uh, other people who may be unindicted co-conspirators or who may be facing uh, the case in Georgia that uh, this is a wake-up call. They can face conviction. Uh, I want to uh, bring in uh, former Judge uh, Shira Scheinlin right now to get her take uh, on all this. Judge uh, uh, Scheinlin, um, tell us, uh, first of all, your view of this uh, conviction. Did you think that the, the, this was just a fait accompli? Of, of course the jury was going to find him guilty of contempt of Congress because that's what he did. Absolutely. There was no defense here, and that's why he didn't have anything to say in the courtroom, only outside the courtroom now. If he really had a defense, he could have taken the stand and explained his point of view. But the fact of the matter is, there was no defense. He simply ignored this, the order to come and show up. You have to assert the privilege to every question. Some questions, maybe you don't have a privilege, maybe you think you do, but you have to show up and assert it. He made no effort on the documents. He made no effort on testimony. He just ignored them. And you know, the executive privilege belongs to the executive. It had to be asserted if it was going to be by someone. And it really wasn't because he didn't come to, he didn't come to Congress. And so I agree with others who have said what's important here is the message that it sends. You cannot ignore Congress. You cannot ignore a grand jury. You cannot ignore a court. So in other words, beyond just ignoring it, he could have gone to Congress and said, and sat and, and they asked him questions and he could have said to every one of them, but especially to the ones that he thought were, it was relevant to, uh, I believe that that falls under executive privilege. I'm not going to answer it. Uh, and just gone through that procedure, that those motions, and at least shown that respect to the, to the, to the legislative branch of Congress, even while not answering their questions. That's absolutely right. You got it. And that's what goes on in grand jury investigations all the time. When somebody thinks they have an attorney-client privilege, they have to come. They have to assert it. I think you saw when President Trump was testifying recently in the New York state actions, he asserted the privilege over and over again. I think it was hundreds of times, but there's a transcript of that. And that's what uh, Mr. or Dr. Navarro had to do. And he didn't. He just didn't show up.